Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab Show, the first ever fashion business radio show to go live in the world. My name is Lisa Gumba Regisford, and today's show is going to be a very interesting one because we are talking about uh, pop-up stores and are they actually feasible um, as a marketing strategy for retailers in the continent. Uh, as Fashion Lab, we care about the present, the future um, of business behind fashion in Africa. And that's why we run this show. We want to bring in different subject matters. We want to bring in different conversations around how we do business in the continent to be able to get us onto the level that we need to be in. Obviously, um, we are sitting in studio today with my co-host, Morwick Peterson. Good afternoon, everyone. Looking <laughs> fabulous as always. Thank you. You too, Lizzie. What are you I'm- wearing? I just have on this, um, everything is great today. You know, it's a great it's suit. It's a great day. It's a great day. Um, with a little blue, a blue bow tie. My lapel is also blue, but I mean, you and Nick look so fresh. And I think to myself, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why am I gray when you guys are so full of color? I love your little dress and you know, that little print that I think you inspired by what you saw yesterday. Honey, on I, the no, runway. no, no, no. I'm an African <laughs> child. I just, I'm inspired. I wake up every morning thinking about color and which Print. I'm going okay, to okay, take to okay, town. okay. But we we will we'll go into that because it seems like you were not inspired by anything on the runway. I didn't say that. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we've also got <laughs> in studio. Morwick is trying to ignite some spark here too early. It's, it's only one oh six. Can we talk about trying this to towards the end? <laughs> trying to start a fight at the beginning. Welcome, Nicola Cooper. You also look beautiful. You look colorful. Um, I like the color of the hair. I like the look. Could you just describe to our listeners who can't see you what you're? Working with today. I'm actually wearing um, florals, which is h- highly unlike me. Um, but it is spring, and it is definitely the most beautiful day. So I, I thought I would rock a little bit of of vintage floral with space ageism um, in this sort of high waisted uh, skirt. That's a little bit of a uh, a pencil skirt. That's a throwback to the 1950s, which is vintage that I love. Very nice. You wear it so well. Well, for our listeners who are listening, we'd like to encourage you to share with us. Let us know what subject matters you would like us to dissect in this lab. Um, every Friday, this is where you find us uh, 1 to 2 Central African time. So keep it locked as we continue to discuss um, pop-up shops and, uh, you know, how powerful or is it feasible as a marketing strategy mm-hmm. for retailers in the continent. Morwick, is there anything cool anything before we get straight into Yes, things? so as, as, um, for the, for the listeners that know and everyone that's tuned in, um, to fashion, it is fashion week and yesterday I, I, I saw something very, um, serendipitous to what is happening right now in South Africa with this, um, dropping of the fees and the students, you know, all, um, standing together for the government to drop the fees and one particular designer, you know, at the end she came out with these, um, can I say it's boards, uh, placards? Pl- yeah. And it just had these amazing, phenomenal messages, you know, and, and it just shows that how broad we are um, as the fashion industry. Um, Nicola, what was your thoughts on um, Sis Isabel, on her whole collection and her coming down with those boards and speaking about dropping the fees? 
I think the fees must fall um, is obviously prevalent in our politics and in our um, society at present. And, you know, as a trend analyst, I've always said that um, fashion is a consequence of what is happening in society. So what we saw on the runway uh, last night is the acknowledgement and awareness of fashion designers to our political and sociological zeitgeist. We can't ignore um, how politics and our surroundings affect us. And I think, you know, it was it was something that was acknowledged and should be acknowledged on that platform. So I think well done to Isabel Lotta who who brought that onto the runway um, to the crowd's mm-hmm. massive applause. Yeah, guys, what what was your favorite show yesterday? My favorite show, I, I must say, it was, um, although I missed um, a little bit of, of Colleen, and, um, but Clive Randall really stood out. I'm all about more cohesive looks. I think when you design a capsule um, that's coming onto the runway, it should have a very cohesive look. And I found that a lot of designers don't know that, you know, it's, it's very imperative to have that cohesive look and not look like you've taken... Each piece from, um, I don't, I don't know, from 1999, 97, 93, and then you just come onto the runway and you throw it on. I mean, I, I don't know. What is your thoughts? I'm just being a little <laughs> bit honest. I think we should be very honest. And I was telling Nicola yesterday, like, here yeah, she is, and she is who she is and an expert. And why are designers not listening to you? I, I, I just want to know because, I mean, you tell everyone, you go and you do your research and you put yourself out there for them to learn. And then they come on the runway and it's so disappointing. <laughs> No, I was just a little bit ignored and love Rubicon too and Guani. I mean, you know, just I love that cohesive. She was one of the designers too that had a very um, cohesive thing coming and it, it, it's so strong. But that is just my two penny. I see Liz and Nicholas giving me the eyes to like, what uh, did you really say that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's important that you, you said that. I mean, it's, it's been my ongoing mission as a trend analyst to educate not only um, those who are studying fashion, but mm-hmm. established fashion designers and retailers and manufacturers, you know, even if you're not following a trend, to be aware that the trend exists. Yeah. Um, the fact that you are going into the world without a foundational knowledge and putting stuff on the runway um, that could be dated in terms of style or color or anything like that, uh, you've got to be aware. And um, there's really no excuse for it now um you know you do have people like myself in the country you do have access to information via social media and the internet um so things that are out of date or are a sort of dated color palette or you know the materials are are not up to what we are looking forward to internationally in 2016 well i mean that's problematic and there's many opportunities to contact someone like myself or immerse yourself in the information Exactly. Mm. What is your thought? I personally, um, I just believe like I am very um, serious when I say I don't believe in trends, but I still think that with the way that the world is set up and with the way that our fashion businesses are set up, you cannot ignore the trends. You have to find out what is going on. It's so important. And then what you do with it is up to you, really. Yes. And, and that's why I say that it doesn't mean that you have to... You, it's not a copycat. Let's all do this. Yeah. It's just about how you, what do you pick out of it mm-hmm. and actually translate into your collection to make it a 2015, 16 collection other yeah. than make it feel like 
like you said, we're in 20, 20 in 1964. But look, I don't want us to go too far into this because we normally get lost in, in conversations. Um, so I just want us to go straight, um, into our topic of discussion today again, back to pop-up shops. And, um, we are joined in studio by special guest Shidiso. <laughs> Sepamla, who has been curating a few pop-up shops um, around the country We also have Anna Marie from Cotton and Twill Welcome to the show And we have Alina Mizori of ASM Welcome <laughs> again to the show I'm sure people are about to send tweets saying Why is she always in the show? <laughs> but look, she's here for a different reason today When you're a person who um, understands the fashion industry And yeah. brings in um, sort of some certain type of weight You know, you can come in four times yeah. because you. Yeah. Whereas a fashion designer, you can only come once yeah. Until we've kind of gone through like 360 Absolutely. of them <laughs> So welcome to the show, guys Thank you Do you want to do you want to go straight into it or uh, we we need to go straight into it? <laughs> See, so there's a need for pop up shops. Obviously, we we all agree that there's a need for pop up shops in Africa. Um, more than ever, do you feel there's a demand to feed the need for pop up shops in the continent? Uh, well, first of all, we must understand why we're doing pop ups here. Mm-hmm. We do pop ups because um, there's not enough um, places where aspirant designers can put out their wares, except platforms like your SA Fashion Week. But there's a lot of independent designers that need platforms to say, this is who we are, but we don't have the money to be going to SA Fashion Week to be uh, displaying our wares, because because that's a a very expensive exercise. So uh, um, to get people, or to give these these guys opportunities, myself, Alina and Anna-Marie are... We get into situations where we, we 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 try to create platforms where we can say, we we say guys we know you are out there we know you need the um uh, we need, you need the the outlets or the um the the places where you can basically t- um, display your wares it's a very expensive exercise in terms of um you got to put it up you got to market it and you got to make sure that. Uh, the guys that wanted this thing in the first place know what it's all about, which is obviously displaying their wares, but obviously bring enough items and uh, they tell the stories that they want to tell about their, their clothing. So I would say, yes, it's a, it's a good place to... to it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important thing to have um, pop-ups because they're inexpensive, like I said, and like putting up a shop and, you know, with all those overheads. Pop-ups, as the word suggests, it's there for for those particular weeks, days or months, but it's it's in and out, you know, without the necessary contractual obligations with your landlords and so forth. Yeah, but I would want to also add, um, I would also want to add on and just say that it's not necessarily, I've started to look at things differently, even as a fashion designer as well. I realize that it's not just about aspiring or coming up designers or new designers sure. because business is business no, at the end sure. of the day. No, sure. And I feel that one of the things that we also need to pay attention to, especially in the continent, is designers get so caught up with, oh, I've arrived. Yeah. Arriving is not, I mean, unless, show me your billion, billion, show me your billionaire status yeah. based on how much business you've been able to generate from your fashion business and I'll leave you alone. Otherwise, we are all continuously learning. We have to learn. We have to do things differently to achieve different results. We have to keep 
um, elevating ourselves in different ways. So again, for those who are listening, I really think, and it's nice to also get your tweets coming in as we continue this conversation, but I really believe that as a fashion business, I don't care if you think you arrived or you started 10 years ago or you just started, it is so important. And I, I'm also speaking to myself because I've realized that I don't even... I don't really, I used to do pop-up shops and now I, I kind of slept on it, but I've just realized that it is such an inexpensive way, mm. very impactful, perfect way to test your, your, your brands or your collections mm. before throwing mm. them into spaces mm. and going into crazy expensive consignment mm. deals mm. that will cost you mm. so much. So I think I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to all of the fashion brands out in the continent who are trying to get to the next level. If you've arrived, we'll let you slide, <laughs> but just remember what I meant by if you've arrived. Otherwise we all need to, uh, I think we need to encourage it more. Absolutely. Teresa, you know, I, I find it so interesting, everything that you've said, because, you know, pop-up stores are so important, you know, um, and are relatively, um, it's a creative strategy, but how would you go about coming up with a concept for a pop-up store? I think I'll ask Anna Marie to, Anna come, Marie to come in there. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm Anna the, Marie. I'm a grease monkey. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm actually a designer and also a mentor for a lot of young students and, and young people who start up labels. So I just wanted to say that um, the pop-up shops are really important, not only for the young designers, but also, like you said, for the established designers. And if you look at a pop-up shop like SA Fashion Week, they um, have designers like Clive and everybody in the same, like young designers and established designers, all in the same same arena, you know, mm-hmm. all selling. And um, I think that's really important that that we realize that it's really important for the for 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 established designers as well, because they have the opportunity to 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 use the, that that platform to to do their sales or to market research, and for the young designers to get out there and see see what they can do. Uh- no, 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 sorry, sorry, in a minute. I also just w- really wanted to bring in, um, Alina, yeah, because I know Alina, you know, you one who, um, curates a lot of these pop-up, um, stores and w- what is your, what is your take? You know, I mean, taking from what Liz and Marie and Teresa have said, um, one of the things that you always know when you're up and coming designer, you know, you have to understand your market, um, Research, you know, your market actually, you know. So pop-up shops are one of the, like, is one of the platform where you're able to do your own market research and test the market, you know, to actually understand what the people out there, you know, feel about your, 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 um, your brand, you know. And, um, another thing is that, you know, it's also a platform where you're able to educate consumers about our local, uh, designers, you know, without having to actually spend a lot, like Tidiso said, you know. So, um, they're very important, you know, but like he said as well, is that it is important to understand why you're doing it and understand, you know, what is it that you want to achieve from it? Because as much as Liz said, you can be invited to Cliff Central as a designer, but you can come once. <laughs> we've got, <laughs> we've got about 45 plus. Uh, fashion design colleges and about 6,000 graduates every year. You must just think how many designers... In South Africa. In South Africa. How many designers do we actually get every year? And then, uh, and then them? add on all the other countries <laughs> in the continent. Exactly. Because now we're already starting that whole uh, um, import and export uh, kind of um, uh, collaboration within the continent because, you know, with our continent that's developing, we, it is so important for us to create those relationships, business relationships with other continents. I mean, Uganda now, we've got Santa from Uganda Fashion Week who actually sees an opportunity, you know, in having her uh, products being actually shown in South Africa. You know, I know she came in 2005, but she still feels that, you know, I haven't done enough. 
you know, to actually put my brand out of, uh, I mean, here in South Africa, I need to do something. I might be known in Uganda. What is the way to do it? You know, which retail uh, uh, platforms will uh, be possible? You know, mm. yes, Fashion Week is there. <coughs> South African Fashion Week is there. You've got AFI. But now, if you can't get into AFI or South African Fashion Week, what other platforms are available, Absolutely. you know, yeah. to actually um, put out your work? I think in response to that, as someone that comes from quite a strong educational background, having lectured at LISOF uh, for many years, is that I think we've got to start being very realistic about what the fashion industry entails. And we have this facade in South Africa that everybody can be a fashion designer. Yes. And yet the fashion business is so much larger than being a designer. And that most cases, these students or, or graduates going out are actually not lost in the fashion industry. It's just that they put into real jobs, mm-hmm. buying, um, you know, merchandising, you name it. And I think what we've got to do is stop being unrealistic about the positions that are available. Only the elite go to the top and become fashion designers. And that is a worldwide thing. Not everyone can be a fashion designer in the same that not everyone can be a brilliant buyer. So we've got to actually start focusing on the the fashion industry at large and not just, you know, sort of, okay, so I'm a designer, I'm going to showcase at a fashion week and then hope something happens of Mm. it. It's it's not realistic. It's a very unrealistic perspective. But Nicola, why, why is, I mean, for example, again, I, I come back to, you know, we have so many different experts in our industry. I mean, right here in South Africa. So why are people not grasping onto the expertise or the information so so that, you know, we, we have successful shows? Anna-Marie, I know you want to come in there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really eager to answer yes. that one because I'm a designer myself. Yes. I think a lot of young designers <coughs> start out and they don't have the capital. Mm-hmm. So to, uh, to be able to go and speak to the experts, you need to be able to pay them. I'm a, I'm a mentor as well. So I also sometimes need payment from, from people to, when I, when I help them to start their labels. But I think it's a really, it's a big problem because people leave the industry and, and my first, my advice to young, young, um, labels like young designers is that you keep your day job and then you start your label on the side because yeah. you need that money to survive. I mean, you can't start a label and expect to make money within the first month or two or three or first Absolutely. year even. Yeah. Absolutely. Can I just add on to that? I think that also we are still living in a, in a time where a lot of fashion, gra- uh, fashion graduates come out of college thinking we are going to the glitz and the glam and yeah. the glam dot com, and we're just going to look fabulous, and we're gonna make all these beautiful dresses. And oh my gosh, today I made a pink one. When there's the business behind it that that they don't see. So I think also maybe the faster the 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 people accept the reality, especially you know this is an introspection sort of exercise. We can't tell John don't get onto it, but mm. we, you can't tell Jane you get into it. I think it's about. Them also finding a way to stop wasting time. Time is too short. Life is too precious. You can't, if you know it's not working, you, you really, really, you mm, need to yeah. waste time. Already mm. you've already wasted the time in school. Now you're out and you're still lying to yourself. So I think, um, I think it's about just being true to yourself and understanding and accepting that, yeah, this might be what you want to do, but maybe it's not for you. And what else can you venture into? Mm. Um, like Nicola mentioned. But Alina too, you know, when it comes to, and I was speaking to some people yesterday at the show, when you look at um, DNA in the USA 
um, those are platforms where it is just like a pop-up, you know, exhibitions. And you find that it, these designers are doing absolutely phenomenal. I think because they understand the business behind fashion and they just sell their sample ranges each season. So why is it still that we cannot come together right now in Africa and besides um, Fashion Week, which is, yes, a good thing. And I think, again, Fashion Week is for those that's been in the industry for a while already, you know, and have these pop-up shops and, and people sell more the sample ranges, you know, to various small boutiques and pump themselves up and constant, not stop concentrating on going in so big because everyone wants to supply the big retailers when they don't even know what it takes to supply mm. those yeah, big re- really, re- retailers. Alina, with exercise. you um, curating pop-up shops, what has, what has been the feedback? What has been feedback from the designers once they're done? You know, um, I must say that, you know, with all the, the pop-ups that I've actually created, I mean, we had two last year um, with Gauteng Tourism and the shopping festival. We were in Mozambique and we were in uh, Botswana. You know, I mean, the the response is so positive, you know, from the designers and um, from the consumers themselves. But remember, it's always going to be finance, finance, you know, because we can't literally decide next month next month we're going to Mozambique again you know you need to almost plan around it and actually make sure that you've got capacity to be able to take the designers garments and actually be able to go there we were lucky because we used an opportunity that was you know there and we thought we're going to actually make sure that we might get our designers so the response is very positive I mean I get indicted with um emails and calls of when is the next pop-up when is the next pop-up you know because they realize and some of them realize that we might have a collection that is sitting there in our wardrobe, you know, and we would like to actually just get it out there, you know. But I, you know, one of the things I always tell them that you can't just go into a South African Fashion Week platform if you do not understand what you're doing. Yeah. This is the rest of South Africa you're talking to and maybe the world as well. So you must be sure that you will have the next collection and the next collection and be able to sustain that collection, you know, in order to, 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 to be there. So with the pop-ups, you don't actually have that much pressure, you know, but you actually understand that if we say we're doing a pop-up shop in Soweto, we already understand that that's, That's the, market. the market, you know, yes. and then the, the, the price range, you're able to educate the person with the price range as well, you know, and it's just important that you nurture the person that you're actually taking on into the pop-up shop. Like for Sanaa, you know, the lifestyle market that we did, it's almost like a pop-up shop as well, you know, you, you are actually talking to uh, um, a market that is actually corporate world, you know, you're talking MTN executives, you know, you are literally saying to these people that you might go to your Sentence City or um, the shops that you used to go to, but we've got local designers in South Africa that you can actually buy from. So you use different platforms to kind of educate um, uh, uh, people about our designers and you also allow the designers as well to test other places mm. where their um, collection... The exactly. Mm. So it's, um, you know, you actually work around it and actually see, I mean, for now we've been discussing doing a pop-up shop at St. Stevens because there's a demand there. You know, because people call him like, why don't you ever guys come to places like this? And yes, <coughs> you're going to. Um, Siti, so what, who are some of the designers you've been able to, um, uh, uh, you've been curating workshops? What are some of the, de- I mean, not workshop, pop-up shops. W- who are some of the designers you've worked with? And, and what would we say has been the result of the um, pop-up shops? Look, like I said earlier on, th- there's a huge demand for, for pop-ups. I've worked with uh, designers like House of Olay, Mansu, guys that do SA Fashion Week. Some of them have have been lucky in that they've been taken on by 
uh, giant retailers like your Mansus, but guys like House of Olay is still in a studio, and uh, I know deep down he'd want to go on the road to to wholesale his brand. But uh, like Alina is saying, this is the situation of money being the, the issue because you're not just making for mm. for your own studio six, mm. eight, twelve cl- clients, but you're making for 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 a, for a wider ma- uh, audience. And then the truth also is, once you have your collection and you have it out there, production is such a big cost that people yes, yes. kind of just it, yeah they overlook yeah. it. And when you get your order, you stack again. So yeah. it's yeah. actually yes, better yes, to maybe yeah. plan backwards. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> Anna Marie has something to say again. <laughs> we're we about to take a break, but we want to hear from. Anna I just want to say about production. Um, as a designer, again, um, that's also a really a big problem in the industry because the, the designers have to, to, to do the production. So they have to buy the fabric, pay for the production and then wait three months for their money from the retailers. And I think that's a huge problem mm. where if they can do a pop-up shop, they can have, it's like instant money. So they mm. sell it, they make it. Then the next day they can have a pop-up shop or in a week or two and get your money back. Where if you have an order from a big, big shop like Spree, you kind of have to wait for your money. But yeah. don't you think that also maybe we could do something as designers to be able to set the pace and raise the bar and just say that, look, here are the payment terms. I mean, because we don't have to be stuck in a boat where you feel like you have to pay, you will have to wait three months when the truth is you can make decisions as well. This is now a business. And, and, and that's why there's business who get businesses who make money upfront before even starting their work, because that is the way that it works. And there's businesses who say, I well, they told us to wait for nine that's, days. That's the trend. That, or, uh, that's how, I mean, it started like that in the industry, and it's yeah. kind of now being like everybody's a doing norm. that. It's like and a norm. The, but the smaller boutiques are still much more flexible. This, they are, and they pay. They, their payment mm. terms are usually better, and you, you, can, you can even get a deposit from the smaller boutiques. So that's great to, to supply those. Absolutely. Those but then they order six or seven garments yeah. um, of a style, which is not really feasible. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I just want to, because we are g- getting into this conversation, it's a very good conversation to have around this whole pop-up shop um, situation um, within the retail system in Africa. However, we're about to take a quick break. Uh, we've also got Nicola's trend report coming up. And for those who are listening, we've got a very fun, um, interesting segment at the end of the show <laughs> called <laughs> Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? It's my mm-hmm. favorite part of the show. <laughs> and I w- we'd like to encourage you to send your tweets. Keep your tweets coming in. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. If you want to go visual, Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram. Um, yeah, and keep it locked. We'll be right back after the break. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. This is Fashion Lab again, and we are discussing pop-up stores and are they a feasible marketing strategy for retailers in Africa? For those who are tuned in, send us your tweets and send us your um, comments. Let us know what you think um, and where we can, what we can do differently to be able to make uh, pop-up shops a bigger thing yeah. than it is in Africa because it actually works. It's very cost-effective. And, and actually find perfect, solutions, Liz, yes, and, and actually find yes. solutions. Um, anyway, we've got Nicola Cooper with the Trend Report coming in. Nicola, welcome. Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> I think I'm just a little drained. It is SA Fashion Week, and it is that time of year for change of seasons. So I'm not my, my chipper self today. I think I'm wearing a pair of cranky pants. I have no idea. Um, but, um, welcome to the trend report. Um, as usual, you can, uh, get me on any social media at Nicola Coop. If there's anything that you would like to ask me, hashtag ask Nicola Cooper. Today I'm actually going to speak about a consumer.
consumer typology. And I think it's quite relevant to pop-up shops predominantly because they are targeting um, mostly females. And one female sort of consumer typology that really has emerged over the past couple of years is what we refer to as the solo citizen it is a woman who wants to spend years on her own learning, working, earning, socializing, having sex, and yes, having babies in the manner, in she, in the way that she sees fit. Um, so it's a new contemporary woman. I mean, I know that I went to a gynecologist, as women do, and, and the woman said to me, whenever I wanted to have a child, I should just buy a sperm. Um, because that's what women are doing these days. And I was sort of horrified, but I do realize that, you know, there's, there's there's a shift in paradigm in the gender wars. War, women are now guaranteed the freedom of choice, which leads to changing perspectives. And the idea of the nuclear family, you know, the two and a half kids, the car and the house, has all but diminished. Women are acting independently and not seeking marriage. Um, they want to be more independent. Um, they are beautiful, successful individuals who want to have a choice and mostly have a choice. So what what that means to society is that you've got highly successful women that are doing things by themselves which then have the higher income rate and then of course have a higher disposable income. So these are women that want to look good for their environment and usually it is a high profile position or a high profile job. And and this is really uh, touching on an international trend um, that's been mentioned by one of my favorite international trend analysts, um, Faith Popcorn. And, and she refers to it as singularity. Um, and she said, um, single is the new black. Um, and basically... You know, with women, it's the next best thing, locally and globally. Marketing, religion, technology, education, transportation, and government will all need to change or face this shift in paradigm. So what that means is healthcare services that provide to single women, um, clothing designers that, that design for this specific woman, transportation, housing that looks at this specific um, human being who is changing the, the the sort of landscape of what is the traditional family, and I mean some of these in individuals are um, are setting the new aspiration, um, and there are lots of single moms in terms of gatekeepers and and innovators and influencers, and we can go from like Charlize Theron to um, Sandra Bullock to all these individuals that are. Um, are taking the world by storm and doing it by themselves. And I think it's very important to understand that this has actually had such a strong ripple effect that the advertising world has now coined a new phrase, which is called femvertising. And that is um, advertising that is directed to females. And you see that in um, the sort of the uh, Dove campaigns and, and the campaigns that are directed specifically to women and about our insecurities, about how we feel about ourselves and our perceptions. And um, instead of trying to sort of maneuver it around a men's world. So um, they're looking for, uh, women are looking for ads that celebrate um, 
them, them and younger girls and not objectify them. And just one of those ads, and if you haven't seen it, it is the most beautiful, um, and sort of heart wrenching ad. It's called, uh, like a girl and it was for always which is a sanitary pad um and it emphasized the story the story of advertising in their like a girl campaign because what they did is they said run like a girl and and it became a mocking experience and and one of the lines in the advert says um when did like a girl become an insult and I think you know when we are looking specifically at South Africa we're looking at really strong independent women that are taking on this entrepreneurial spirit and rocking it like it's nobody's business and these are the women that we should be targeting in terms of what clothing they are going to be wearing and the aspirations that are that they are generating with the younger consumers and younger females who are going to take over the world. So, yeah, I hope that's my rara feminist, <laughs> my feminist trend um, for this particular week. But I do think it's important to acknowledge the the female role in um, in African society at present. Wow! Wow! Absolutely! Wow, Nicola! <laughs> I think Nicola always just leaves us with what is what is the girl again? Sorry, there goes my. Bad brains. I was like one of those bad people in school. Hi, could you just say it again? What was the name of the social what? What's uh, singularity or the solo citizen? The solo citizen. The solo mm. citizen. Wow. Hashtag solo citizen. Nicola, but I just want to ask you: Do you think a retailer, you know, big and big or small, um, can benefit from implementing a pop-up shop? Since you're working so close with our big retailers in South Africa, can they benefit from this? And should they? Must they implement these projects? I'm just going to completely throw a spanner in the work. Uh-huh. Um, I hate the word pop-up shop. Yeah. Okay. I think it's dated um, in the same way that color blocking is a dated statement. I think what we are now starting to see emerge is more of an installation. Yeah. And an installation is showcasing an entire lifestyle. So everything is considered when it comes to the installation. And I'm sure uh, as the hands behind this, um, you know, you're not just making a pop-up shop. You are showing someone a specific lifestyle. And I mean, I recently went to, I I know it's strange, but an old khaki um, launch that was held. And it was, it was, you know, there was, hay on the floor, there was bales of hay to sit with, I mean Jackie Burger's soiree, it's a full on installation from food to the 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 drink of the day to the guests that are going to be speaking on the panel it is, it's less of just like here are some clothes Yeah, it is who have you got to speak there and, and, and what is the food and how is it all encompassing into selling a specific lifestyle? Absolutely. And for me, that's more of an installation and more importantly, um, a curation yes. of what you want the um, person to experience within that er- er- area. And I think people's view of a pop-up shop is like, oh, it's there. It's, it's in an abandoned store in yeah. a mall because someone moved out and we're just going to throw something in there so that they can make some money, um, while it's empty. Whereas what, what this panel is doing is more of an installation and a curation of a lifestyle than just 
putting something in a random place and hoping it will suck. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, because I then, um, when I, when I got back to South Africa, and sorry just for bringing this up, um, I, you know, I worked closely with, um, design and agent in the USA, and this was more of an exhibition trade, um, show that they do, um, every year. And, you know, got back into South Africa and started DNA Africa, you know, with the help from the people abroad. And that's when I also, um, realized and discovered that, it's it's our markets are also very um divided because when in terms of when it comes to what what we call pop-up stop shops in South Africa people think of it as you know that downtown dirty um designers that they don't know and i mean for really? someone for real and like look at Liz you know when when i started when i when we had three of these shows um a strong established designer that that I had and that understood was Liz who was there and a lot of designers who are well known thought to themselves like we don't do stuff like that and I think it's so important that that attitude is also removed as to everyone being separated you know and I'm, I think maybe the term pop-up shop it's true what you're saying Nicola should be taken away you know, and given something new. I don't know, maybe it Okay, will so maybe we can I get the fashion experts in the room here want yeah. to give it a new name. Can we maybe I wanna, just... Can I come in, Liz? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I want to come in because I want to agree with what Nicholas um, is saying because, you know, I also just feel that that name Pop-Up Shop is just overrated. Mm. And when we started actually, you know, doing Pop-Up Shop because the topic is Pop-Up Shop, I, I said to Tedisa and Anna-Marie, it's a lifestyle, mm. you know, um, pop-up boutiques. <laughs> she you just know? changed one word and then and we put add on but, lifestyle but, but and it's pop. It's a boutique because it's lifestyle experience, as Nicola said it, you know. You you don't just actually make... Because pop-up sounds like a, a flea market. Mm. Yes. You know, you, you, you there you are. You don't know what you're doing, but you want to sell clothes and they're not actually selling. Come, come, come quickly. Let's just put it together. And that's not what we want yeah. to sell because, you know... <laughs> I agree. I don't know? feel that way and he, I don't <laughs> think he does either. I think I, it's quite I, I, funny. I, I hear what fancy. the two ladies are saying but the bottom line is the reason why we have what we the big term called retail is to have this product off out of my store now if you're launching a product or you want to create something interesting then yeah i agree with you but the bottom line is you want to get rid of this product out of your store and the consumer must have it (laughs) so what the place looks like whether it's flea market or it's got a concept the bottom line is if you can afford an installation that costs you two rands Go ahead and do it because there's somebody that's that's buying a product for 50 cents is going to come into that pop-up store. But if you're creating that lifestyle, nice vibe, yeah, okay, go ahead because you, you've got the money. But bottom line, we want to take things off the shelves and to the uh, um, let, let the consumers have it. So okay, that's, that's, so, that's the hardcore so, bottom line of, oh, of pop-up. Okay, cool. So as we wrap up this, thank you so much for the trend report. Nicola, how, what would you leave us with? Would you kind of just throw out a new name I can use maybe next week when I... Run my <laughs> <laughs> lifestyle pop-up boutique shop, whatever you want to call it. What's the I mean? What's the cool way? I think Jackie to Burger got it so right. Where she 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 called it a soiree, and and a soiree is is <laughs> this this kind of meeting of minds, and it is by invite, and it is you know, and it may seem elitist, but it's it's also I mean inviting the right people to the right place. I mean. 
I, I don't, I don't see the significance of, of a dumping ground. Like, you know, and I don't see the significance of, oh, it's not working in this environment. So if we throw it out there, let's hope it does well. I think it's more of a, this kind of idea of, you know, we want to present this in the best possible way yeah. and in a way that can reach our consumers without them having to come to store. Soiree, soiree in the daytime. What would we call it? Cause soiree would only be a, a soiree. Well, it's in soiree. an evening, a soiree. So I'm, I'm just saying, what would we call it in the daytime? That pop-up shop, because that's someone new. You can call it anything you want to. <laughs> but it's, I, it's from concept stores to, to, you know, what fashion sort of, uh, yeah, but I just quickly want to come in, and I, I, I might seem again like I'm being horrible or anything. But I, I still think I do understand you guys are speaking about creating this lifestyle thing, you know, that that draws in people. But at the end of the day, like Teresa was saying, is that you're there to make sales. Absolutely. And I think even as designers, you know, I mean, even I'm quickly going back into what happened yesterday at at the shows. You find experts sitting in the front row having fat chats to each other, which means that. Every everything that's coming down the runway, no one is taking serious because at a proper <laughs> no, at, a, at a proper show, everyone is supposed to be tuned in, you know. But it just shows again. But I want to come back to it because when you sit down with a designer, first of all, and um, I've been speaking this, I've been preaching this, and I'm still preaching it that designers need to understand how to create a line sheet when they go and ex- and when they go and do exhibitions, have the sample ranges. Don't come with your whole club with every. Everything. Have your particular sample range that you want to sell, that you want to push out. And I think then a buyer and someone who is really serious about fashion will then sit down with you and say, okay, I see that you are serious as a designer. Because uh, people come with... 17 rails like who wants to go through 17 rails and then you cannot even explain your collection to a buyer buyers are very serious whether it is small boutiques but they know exactly what they want and they want to work with professional people hence i'm saying a lot of buyers are like we don't support local fashion it's because i i I do understand coming from their point of view that when you speak to these people it's a bit shocking to know that you don't even know your sample range or you don't have a sample range it's important to have a sample range and i think only then will people take designers serious in africa and even in south africa Thank you, expert Morwick. <laughs> Thank you. That was our expert Morwick in studio, <laughs> holding it down. Guys, seriously, this is such a real serious topic, and I think we should actually have a part two of it next week. But before we get into who would we want to address and why, because we're running out of time, it'd be nice for all of you know, maybe just like as, as the round table that we are for for us to say, what do you, what would you guys suggest? As a solution So that we're not just the people Who talk about what's wrong And then kind of just leave it Hanging out in the air Without some sort of What do we think We could yeah. do different Well I, I just want to say That um, I, I don't know if this is a, is a solution But that there's definitely A place for all different Kinds of things I yeah. mean there's a place To have a sample sale mm-hmm. There's a place to have To sell your, your garments Off the runway Like runway online There's a place That you, you do sales Of stock that's left over Especially if you're A consignment designer That stocks shops And it doesn't sell You need to to be able To to have a space That you can sell that And that might not be A soiree It might not be A beautiful event But you need to get rid Of that stock Because you've spent The money mm-hmm. to, to do that So, so, so Anna Marie in a nutshell, what are we saying about, um, or what advice would you give to designers and fashion brands in the continent who are 
maybe have heard of pop-up shop. We'll find whatever names you want to call them, guys. Uh, Africa, if you're listening, you can call it whatever makes you feel good about it. But what advice would you give to um, fashion brands and retailers on the continent when it comes to pop-up shops and the value of it and how often, how, I mean, like, how much more emphasis can be put on trying to encourage brands to start I think getting into that there's as well. definitely I mean there's like definitely a, a, a value to, to the pop-up shops if you look at the SA Fashion Week pop-up shop that's like in 24 hours they can sell 640,000 rands worth of design South African locally made designer clothing yeah. I mean that's amazing and then we have and then we have opportunities like with um, ASM and Alina that we can take the things overseas I think designers should find the people that, that can do these, sh- these shops for them because I mean yeah. it's very difficult to do it by yourself Absolutely. I mean you don't have the database to invite all these people mm-hmm. but so like you said earlier as well is just to collaborate also find yeah, like I think that's important yeah find really yeah so designers who you think I wanted to say uh, that yeah. I wanted to say that collaboration is so important you know mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you come from who you are yes there are people who can't actually get access to to um to to, to funds and to actually people who actually know what is happening in the industry. But like Anna Maria said, there's SA Fashion Week, there's ASM. We are on our social media, you know, when you want to actually find out there's like um, pages and pages of design way, South Africa design way, Africa design way, you know. And, and for me, I feel that, you know, like for instance, we, we're talking with um, Santa from Uganda. Alina, how about you take designers to Uganda? How about we take mm-hmm. designers to Tanzania? How about we take, and that's what we're talking about, yeah. you know, so we need to just, um, be, 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 be constantly, you know, doing purpose shops. That's the solution I think we should have. Constantly doing them. Find, uh, uh, um, um, platforms where we can actually just make sure that, like we said, get the, des- the right designers in a specific space, you know, and actually market their brands and actually sell, like Sidiso says. He is a Jewish black American. guy. <laughs> you know, selling is important. I agree yeah. to you, sir. And where fashion, can yeah. where can people get a hold of you, um, Alina? Just connect with ASM. Shoot, I am on my my social media. Facebook seems to be the one that actually uh, uh, get people going. I get inboxes. You know, from my Facebook and it is Alina Missouri, you know, so you'll get me on Facebook and yeah, that's what it is. My and Facebook I, is really pumping with young designers <laughs> wanting <laughs> to be assisted. Wanting to get and ahead. And Anna Marie? Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, I, I've got my design page, Cotton and Twill with a K. And then I've also um, got Instagram and Twitter so people can just search for it and all. Call Alina, you'll find me. I'm like, yeah. Tidiso, but come yeah, on. Yeah. yeah everyone is listening. Everyone, everyone wants. Listening. Everyone wants. Where can we get hold of Tidiso? Come on. Give us something, Tidiso. Get hold of me through Alina. He doesn't do social media. You know. Ooh, did you not hear what Nick? Okay, ask Nicola Cooper. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or let's go back to one of our conversations. Yes. Yeah. Let's just just who, before we, we who go into we who we want to dress. Mm-hmm. I just want to say again, I heard something so profound for from Mum and Felicia Mabuza now the other day when I was on radio, and she said you have to stay close to people who's been in the industry, who's been who's a little successful in that industry. And again, you know what I've seen yesterday is instead of wanting you you come to Fashion Week. Speak to people. Don't be afraid. Come to people who are experts. Come and say, Alina, I want to find out. Come to Nicola. You know, you, you, yeah, you see these people in the industry. They're there for a reason. You know, I think right now, and I, I think I'm so emotional about this, it's about we need more education. We need to pump out more information so that we can grow. 
Who would you want to dress, Nicola? <laughs> Let's start from that side round. Who would I like and why? to dress? That's a really tough one for me at the moment. So I'm going to pass on that. I'll, you, you can, I'll wave when I've got a, okay. a solution. <laughs> Might not like my answer. No, no one cares. We, being, yeah, we being, just tell being the a truth. retailer, I'd like to dress everyone. <laughs> that way I generate an income. I can pay my oh, my word. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's the business behind fashion I right here. I love it. I love it. Basically, that's that. Yeah. Wow. Anna-Marie? Um, I also don't have a specific person I'd like to dress. Um, I, you know, as a designer, the... We, we put our clothes out on the runway and it's a, a personal expression of yourself yeah. and your art. And so I would like anybody that would love to wear my clothes to wear it. Wow. Today wow. we are going generic. Uh, Alina might break the <laughs> very generic because I mean, I was asked this question. I could not answer it. I will always, always be there for anyone that needs help and being dressed. I've got so many numbers of fashion designers. So, and I get and data with people who want to be dressed fully figured size 32, 34, 36, 30, to even we have designers that actually would be able to to help. I I, I don't have a person that I can dress that I want to dress. I dress myself less Ooh, perfectly. Wow! <laughs> Today's people are just tired, <laughs> and then more. <laughs> okay, Nicola, you go, you go, you go. Mr. South Africa, guys. He sat next to us, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Last night. Wow. I was gonna say, who's if, that? If that was gorgeous. the representative of Mr. South Africa, <laughs> he he really needs some serious <laughs> help. He, he I, I don't know what or who is styling him or dressing him, but call us. We are here. Mo's got style. He, he will pass on tips. I would want to dress, I'm thinking between Kimora Lee and Tyra Banks, but I think Tyra because I don't know what happened to her. Something happened. <laughs> I don't know Before what it is, but I was going to say ask Nicola Coop, but that's not fair because that's me who thinks I want to dress her. I just think she's lost something. Yeah, she's, she's just lost it. Just, she, just, she just arrives and she's arrived, so... I'd love to bring some life into her wardrobe. Anyway, this is the Fashion Lab. We are here every Friday, 1 to 2 uh, p.m. Central Africa time. We'd love to hear from you. Um, connect with us on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF, www.fashionlabafrica.com. And uh, keep your and tweets coming. And thank you for, for leaving me out. Who would you want to dress, Liz? Th thank you so gosh, much. Gosh, but I, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and, who, we'll, we'll no, and to go, who would you want to dress? It's fine. And to I go. want to dress um, a lot of the youngsters to to learn how to become yourself and be comfortable with yourself. Don't copy when 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 you come and you say, "No, I want to." Or, no, be yourself, dress yourself, and that way you're going to be so comfortable. But please download the podcast, share the podcast, and, 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 and just, again, let's stand together. And, and thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic, fantastic Friday afternoon. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye, everyone. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com.